This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. business tonight traveling and uh, trying to save american fix Amer fix 2020 first right so uh he is out traveling tonight and i guess there was going to be a rally i guess there was going to be a rally in nebraska tonight logan with president trump but it was canceled at the last minute i heard there was gonna be thunderstorms or something in the area so i don't know if that was the issue or what but uh we were prepared to carry that and uh, i think there was probably people already there and on the ground but um Mike uh, will be back with us on Monday night. I know that because we were, we were talking about Monday night's schedule. Tonight, I'm going to be joined by Candace Taylor. She is running for uh, governor of Georgia. And I am pleased to announce that um, we, I'm going to have with me as a guest next Thursday, uh, Kathy Barnett. Kathy Barnett is running for, I think, the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania against Dr. Oz. Uh, Candace Taylor running for governor in Georgia, and uh, Kathleen Barnett running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, they have something in common. And you know what that is? They were both endorsed by Mike Lindell. In fact, I think uh, Kathleen was, was his first endorsement last year. So I'll have her on my show next week. Um, Mike's got a very busy schedule next week with his show, and so I'm honored to have her on my show to tell her amazing story that uh, Colonel... Um, Doug Mastriano mentioned last night when I interviewed him right here in the uh, hour of the Lindell Report. Now, don't forget, before we go to our uh, guest, Candace, don't forget to go to frankspeech.com. Let me see if I can get there real quick on my computer here. Go to frankspeech.com, and then when you get there, click online store. Click online store right at the top there. If you guys want to show that, there we go. You're there. Look at that. And remember, we're at, we have the buy one, get one sale going. Now, I don't know how long this is going to last, so I would take advantage of it while it's available. So go to the online store, frankspeech.com, click on the online store. Use that promo code L77. L77 is a powerful promo code. That's Mike Lindell's personal promo code, so you know it's a powerful promo code. Get these specials here. Buy one, get one free. My pillow bed sheets, uh, my pillows. The Geezy Elegance, Elegance Pillows, My Pillow Six-Piece Towel Set. Look what I got in the mail today, by the way. Look what I got. Ugh, look what I got in the mail today. I got, I got three or four of these today. Remember Mike asking me what I thought of the towels, and I said, you know, my, I said my wife really, really likes them. He's like, I don't, no, I don't want to know what your wife thinks. What do you think? And uh, well, I do know the difference because I pulled one off the uh, the towel rod the other day when I was getting out of the shower, and it was so heavy. And it absorbed the water so quick, I said, hey, that, that, that towel that was there by the shower, that was one of Mike's pillows, right? She said, yeah, how could you tell? I said, because it actually worked. I can tell. So you know who the old towels are being relocated to? Wide shot. The old towels are being relocated to wide shot in the control room. You guys asleep in there? Do they not know what a wide shot in the control room is tonight? There we go. The old towels are being relocated to her. Sorry, Delta, you're getting the old towels because I'm going all my pillow towels, okay? Because there is a distinct difference. So I got 
four of these in the mail today. Four sets of these. Also got a couple bathrobes. And guess who got another dog bed? Yeah, she needed. She needs one for the studio, and then she needs one for in my office. So she has one here, but then she would go into my office where I would work, and she just stands there staring at me because she's not going to lay on the hardwood floor. So she got one today for the office as well. So she has two of these now. So if you want to get good deals, MyPillow.com, promo code L77, buy one, get one free, FrankSpeech.com, online store. Don't forget we also have, you get Mike's book. Let me go back to this now. Get Mike's book with uh, this special buy one, get one free. We get Mike's book. They're kind of slow in the control room. Must be something going on in there today. Uh, you get that thrown in there with, with your purchase of buy one, get free. The slippers, the slippers, these are great. I love these. I no, Honest truth, these, this pair back here and the far back, I wear those every day. Every day. Every evening, every morning. Uh, my pillow two-inch mattress topper. By the way, those make great gifts for the kids graduating from high school now. Because when they go to college next year, they're going to have those horrible college dorm mattresses, and they're going to need that. So check that out. Men's wear, women's wear. There's the dog beds as low as $19.99. The uh, Fix 2021st to help save our country yard signs. The Frank Speech mug, shirts, bleed stops, so much more. Bionic uh, wrench. Don't forget the promo code L77 also works at mystore.com, mystore.com. All right, there you go. Use that promo code L77. Uh, tonight in my show, I'm going to have on Sheriff Mack. If you guys remember Sheriff Mack, he is all about constitutional sheriffs. He'll be with us along with uh, Dr. Andy Woods and some powerful clips, some shocking clips, including some of Joe Biden and some other things going on you've got to see. So we have a full lineup tonight here on Lindell TV. Joining me now is Candace Taylor. She's running for governor of Georgia, and she is endorsed by Mike Lindell. Candace, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Well, it's our joy. Tell us, how are things going with your race? They're going great. Super busy. We've been on a bus tour for about two months, and we're finishing up this weekend in northwest Georgia. That's why I'm in a hotel room. We just walked in here and I jumped on this call with you. I was thankful y'all got me on tonight. The momentum is really picking up. The other people they know, the twin rhinos is what I like to call them, Kemp and Purdue, they know. And they're nervous. They haven't let me in a debate. They've had two debates this week and I've been kept out of them. Whoa, 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 Even whoa, 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 whoa. What now? Because you're, you're in the primary and are you yeah. you're telling me that the rhino Republican establishment is having debates but won't let you in. Right. And in 2018, all five candidates were on the debate stage, including Brian Kent, who was polling third. And so they're not letting me in. I filed an FCC complaint. It's been a mess. But I am in a debate on Sunday night with the Atlanta Press Club, and it's going to be on GPTV, um, PBS. I'll be on there at 7 o'clock on, on Sunday, Sunday night, and I'm going to use all of my pennant frustration, and I am going to show them that we're taking the state back to the people. I'm sh I'm absolutely shocked. You're telling me that Brian Kemp and Purdue, to, Purdue, right? Right. Two 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 guys are scared to debate you. I don't know. Are they scared of a girl? What's the deal? I, right? I, I, well, them is fighting words, particularly in the South, right? You called them out. So these guys truly are scared of you. They don't want you on the debate stage. And I'm not joking. They clearly must be scared of you and your message and what you're going to say about them. Okay, so yeah. if you were to get on the debate stage, 
with them. What would you say about them? You start, who do you want to start with? Start with Kemp. Yeah, I'll be on there Sunday, right? So yep. they've had two They canceled one, and they'll be with me Sunday. They've oh, confirmed. so they will be with you on Sunday. Okay, I didn't know if that was some, you know, a PBS deal where they wouldn't be there. But they're going to be there. Well, maybe you want to save your, save your uh, fire for then. I don't know. No, there's one thing that I've asked Brian Kemp in person for months, really since June, when he lied to the people at the state convention in Jekyll Island. And then he's been saying it over and over. There's a video two weeks ago of him in Fulton County and blasting the people, his constituents in Fulton County, telling them he could not call a special session, that he's not a dictator, and it was beyond his executive rights as the governor of Georgia. So I went and did a live and broke down the Constitution for him and showed that it is, in fact, in his authority to call a special session for the, for the General Assembly to come together and to talk about investigating and actually execute an investigation into 2020. And he's been lying about that for over a year, and we're sick of it. Candace, isn't he the one that called the lieutenant governor and shut down your session when they were 30 seconds away from having a very important bill pass that had been endorsed by the Speaker of the House and the Senate pro tem, I think. And I mean, some some big bill that would allow you to go back and audit the elections and actually make sure there wasn't voter fraud. And he called in the lieutenant governor, I, have, I think it's on video, picks up the phone and Kemp shuts down the session before that bill's 30 seconds are passing. Is that true? Yeah, it was it was a bill that was going to allow them to see the ballots. Right. And, you know, there are ballots. It is our government is of bond for the people and there, there are ballots and we should have the right to see them anyway. But this bill was going to allow for the people to be able to see the ballots and to compare them. And the governor called Duncan, the lieutenant governor, and within 30 minutes of the sign and die of the session, he killed the bill. So while he's saying he can't do anything, he's actually doing the thing. So while he can't do anything to help, he can certainly do things to hurt. That's what I'm hearing. Right. He got constitutional carry pass, which I said I was going to pass that first day in office. He, you know, he got all these Christmas lists of things passed. But bottom line is the people of Georgia want 2020 investigated. They want to know what happened to their votes in 2020. We want to ensure that 2022 is not another illegal hijacking of an election. That's what the people of Georgia care about. It doesn't matter what he passes. He can do away with our gas tax. He can give educators $2,000 bonus. He can do all these things. But if he does not fix 2020, the people of Georgia will never elect him again. That's bottom line. So he did give educators a $2,000 bonus? Bonus. He's calling it a raise, but it's not in our pay scale. And I say hour because I'm an educator as well. It's a bonus. He's pandering. He's trying to buy votes, but it's not going to work. And, you know, he also finally talked about the racism that's going on and said that he was going to do something that eliminated critical race theory. And he did that at the end of the session as well. But he's not addressed social emotional learning or comprehensive sex education. And he's not addressed the transgender push of the liberal left into our public schools in Georgia and the furries and the key litter in the bathrooms and all this. Okay. Insanity. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, those are those are big issues. You just let's 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 go through a couple of those. Let's start with the furries and the cat litter in the bathrooms. I mean, we've been hearing about this in other places like Kentucky and other places. Did they get as far as actually putting kitty litter in the bathrooms in Georgia? Well, that's what I was told by some teachers in Georgia. Really? It hasn't happened 
my county, praise the Lord, but I've heard about it in other counties and I've heard about it, you know, from parents that their kids come home and tell them there's kitty litter, that the kids are allowed to crawl around, that they're allowed to meow or bark or growl and not actually answer questions and be vocal in the classroom. And the teachers just ignore them and let them do whatever they want to. Do they use the kitty litter? I, I don't know. I haven't actually confirmed that, but I guess, I mean, it's in the bathroom. It's kind of odd, right? Yeah. I mean, how big are these kitty litter boxes? I mean, are they bigger than a normal cat box? Are they big? Like for the kid? I don't know. I feel like we're participating in insanity. Yeah. Right? Just like we're participating in insanity with a fraudulent president in the White House. It's yes, the absolutely. Thing. Do you... Do, the furry thing has really captured the minds of a lot of adults because I've talked to a lot of adults and that, that topic keeps coming up because that just blows our minds. I mean, I graduated from high school in 1988 and that kind of thing just blows our minds, you know, uh, uh, that that's actually going on. What, what do you think is, what is the agenda behind that whole thing? What is that? Bestiality, sexual perversion, robbing our children of their innocence and who, who they are and their identity in Christ. They can get them confused and make them think that they're a boy when they're really a girl or they're a, they're a girl when they're really a boy and messing, you know, confusing them with their genitalia, telling boys they can have a menstrual cycle on commercials. We see that on, on, happening in America. Or telling boys they can have a baby. This is insanity, okay? God created man and woman. And we are participating in a gender identity issue. And now we've gone so far that now they want to pretend like they're animals. And that's okay. And we're going to we're gonna keep on confirming this for them and reaffirming this and make them more confused about who they are. It comes down to an identity issue. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you, I spoke about it and I said, I tweeted and I said, I will not have furries in Georgia schools. We were going to participate in academics and not fairy tales. And I literally had thousands, thousands of pornographic cartoon images of furries sent to my in my comments and in my email and my private messages and realized this is a really perverse issue and I started digging more and it's a whole like anime porn and all of these this issue that's coming through on TikTok and all this media to these children and I mean they are attacking me the furries they threaten to come to Georgia and kill me now you know you you know that this is going to get pulled by Kimmel or someone, and they're going to start pulling clips. I mean, but this is really happening. This, you know, that's the thing. They try to act like the things that we talk about that are real are not real, but they are real. I've researched it enough to know. I went and found some of the liberal media is even reporting on this in the schools, like I said, in other states. Yeah, and, you know, and we're supposed to be quiet and not say anything and be politically correct. This isn't political correctness. This is insanity. You know, I have a PhD in counseling. We don't participate in gender identity issues. And in the Bible, it talks about bestiality. It's very clear. And I don't care if it's offensive to someone. I love everybody. I want everybody to be whole and happy. But pretending like you're an animal, we are created in the image of God. Animals are for our enjoyment, but our, we have a soul, right? Right. It's totally different. And we're not going to sit here and participate and this insanity of people that want to identify as an animal. Not to mention, and, how, isn't that just completely disrupting the school day? Yes. The classroom? In a perverse way. Yes, it's a total disruption. I have parents that's complained to me and said, what are you going to do about this if you're the governor? I've had educators complain to me that are like, this is ridiculous. And their co-workers are into all this this perverse movement and they encourage it and then they'll get offended if this 
conservative teacher doesn't want it and go complain to the admin and then they'll tell them, don't say anything, just let it go, that this is, they're going through something right now and we have to just They're allow. going through something right now. Yeah, maybe their parents should take them to get checked out. I mean, there's something going on upstairs, you know, their elevator's not going all the way to the top or something. My word, I hear some of these kids in the schools are leading each other around with dog leashes. Yeah, so I did a release of 10 executive orders I'm going to sign on day one, and one of them addresses dress code, which will include the fact that they will not be having dog collars and leashes in public schools. This is ridiculous. It's dangerous, first of all, and then it's completely insane. We're not doing that. I can't, it's, it's hard to believe, but here it is, 2022, and we have to have a serious conversation about this. If someone had told us in the 1980s that we'd have conversations in 2022 like this, we'd say, that's not going to happen. That, you know, people will never go that far, but here we are. But, okay, you brought up another one, that whole LGBTQ agenda. How is that manifesting itself in Georgia? I know that in one of my documentaries, Brainwashed, at brainwashedthemovie.com, I talk about one of these books called It's Perfectly Normal. Now, when we showed it on the screen, it scrambled out, even though these are cartoon drawings. It scrambled out because we cannot show the pictures. If we did, we could be charged with obscenity. Okay, So we can't show it on television, but this is a book called It's Perfectly Normal that shows sex acts and other things for 10-year-olds. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you familiar with this book or these kinds of books in Georgia? Yeah, it's called Comprehensive Sex Education, and it's in some schools. And so they don't pay attention to what they have access to online and what program they buy, buy or what platform they have access to. They're teaching children to self-pleasure at the age of five years old through these books and these graphic images. It'll look like a sweet little book on the cover, and you start reading into it, and it's teaching all kind of perverse things. It's grooming children for sexual perversion. I have spent my career as a school counselor fighting against sexual perversion, getting sexual abuse disclosures, helping to prosecute criminals to go to prison to serve time that are sexual perverts. I will not allow this in my state. It makes me so angry. It is absolutely sick and perverse, and you do it to the children, and you do it to God, and at some point, we have to draw the line and say no more. You know, no you more. you just told me something else I didn't know. You, you're actually an attorney. No, I'm a school counselor. But so but, I help. I have testified in court. I have gotten sexual abuse disclosures. I've okay. gone through interviews, and I have sat on the witness stand testifying and helped prosecute with the prosecutor, get them to prison and get them a guilty verdict, which is very difficult to do. If you've ever worked in sexual abuse, you'd understand it's very difficult to prove something that's not with physical evidence or, or just with testimony. You know, they, it's easy for them to get out of those out of those charges. And so, you know, it's very hard to get the, the, the disclosure concrete, get the forensic interview concrete enough to prove and convict. And so I've done that my whole career. I am very specific about it and I don't, I don't play with it. It's not something to play with. And I'm, I'm not okay with children being taught these perverse things and being groomed for perverse, for, for abuse. Absolutely. Of course, as you probably know, Alfred Kinsey, you know, wrote Sexuality of the Human Male, Sexuality of the Human Female. I have a whole chapter on him in my book, Grave Influence. And he told, he openly wrote that these kids need to be sexually active by the time they're six years old. You know, as a I had to read, I had to watch his book. I had, I mean, watch his movie on him, the documentary. We had to read a book that he wrote and we had to do a whole paper, huge research paper on him so that we would fully understand his work. That's what I was made to do to be a, to be a counselor. So you know what a sick individual he was? Yes. 
most Americans, you know, he's been made into a hero by Hollywood, but, you know, his group of researchers, they were involved in the systematic molestation of children as young as three months of age. Right. Well, look at our executive branch right now. Yep. And, and this is the basis, by the way, of sex ed curriculum in America today. Yes, it some, is. Some of his people left and went and got involved with Sex Education Information Council, the U.S. CECAS. And so people, parents can't figure out how we got there. Well, Alfred Kinsey, of course, helped to bring us. Okay, so before we move to another topic, I got Tim Rantham, who's running for governor in Wisconsin, who Mike Lindell's endorsed holding as well. Before we go to Tim, we, we've, we just spent quite a bit of time on the education issue. Would you say that right now the education issue and the kids and parents, what grandparents and parents are saying, taxpayers, is, is this one of the biggest issues? If you were to poll and your people that are following you and supporting you, what are their big, big issues? Next to, next to voter fraud and crimes, what is the next biggest issue? They want machines gone. They want their elections secure and legal. They want this mess out of public education. And 70% of the budget of, of governor is education in Georgia. So I got that. I understand that. I'm going to fix that for them real quick. Wait a minute. And, what was that last sentence? 70% of what? Percent of the governor's budget in Georgia is education. 70%. And then you move on to prison reform, which goes hand in hand with the opiate crisis. We've had more people die from fentanyl overdose in Georgia than from COVID. It's a serious issue. We have state correctional officers being stabbed and gangs running the prisons in Georgia. We have They're falling apart. They've got to have reform. And so those are some, some huge topics. They're also very concerned about mandates and people have still lost their jobs for not taking the vaccine. And they're, they're still very concerned about that. And there's still some schools that are wearing masks, even now. And so these are the concerns I hear about on the trail. It's pretty much everywhere I go. But, yes, election fraud is number one. Wow. Um, I guess you heard about DeSantis' comments talking about, you know, he's got Cuba 90 miles off uh, to his south. He doesn't need a Marxist to his north referring. I, I guess he was referring to Stacey Abrams. You heard that comment, right? I did. I look forward to working with Governor DeSantis. We're going to have a great alliance. Um, you know, Georgia is sovereign, like every other state, and we're going to take our state back. We have more illegal criminals that's come across our borders than Arizona. And so I'm not surprised DeSantis is concerned. I would be concerned if I was him as well. You made a very good comment, and that is the sovereignty of the states. As I talked to uh, Tim, Tim Fobb or Tim James, who's running for governor in Alabama, I talked to other people that are running for office, I keep bringing up the issue of the Tenth Amendment, the powers the federal government has are limited and expressed, and the unlisted powers belong to the states and respective people thereof. We have got to have strong governors that tell the federal government to go pound sand. We created the federal government. Why are we being enslaved by something we, the people, created? The federal government long broke their contract with us. They breached their contract a long time ago, and the idiots on the courts have somehow found a way to take the 10 handcuffs off the central government, which was the 10 Bill of Rights to be 10 handcuffs on the federal government. And they've somehow through legalist, through legal gymnastics, put the 10 handcuffs onto the states. We have got to reassert our state rights or we will continually to be enslaved by these idiots out of Washington. Well, I've told the people of Georgia that I will go as far as they want me to go. They want me to quit taking federal money. They want us to totally push back. We'll go as far as they want to go. And I can tell you, they want to go far in this overreach of the federal government. They're sick of it. They are done. 
They're sick of weak leadership. They're sick of this good old boy system in Georgia. I wish there was a Jesus love and alpha male to step up, but there hasn't been. So God's going to use me like he used Esther and he used Deborah. We're going to take the state back to the people. Good for you. And your website is CandiceTaylor.com. Yes. Y'all please join us. Make phone calls, door knock. We'd love to have you. Now, is there anything you want to say before I let you go? Because I asked you a lot of questions. Is there anything we left out that you want to say? I just want to say I love Mike Lindell. He is the patriot of America. I say it all the time in my speeches. I love him. Last time when I was on here, he gave me his endorsement. I went to cry, and I didn't know he was going to endorse me at that moment. But he is a God-fearing man, and he is a wonderful patriot. And I have my pillows all over my house and towels and sheets, and I love their products. I'm not just saying that. And I'm going to tell you that I will support him. All of my family does. My mama bought everybody my pillow for Christmas because he is such a good man, and I just— I thank God for him. I thank you for having me tonight. Well, we're, we're thankful for you, Candice, and for your courage. And we'll ask our audience to pray for you and support you. you. And we look forward to having you back for updates. We look forward to having you back once you uh, have won this primary against these two guys who are scared to debate you. And we look forward. When is the primary? May 24th. May 24th. And, and we'll be kind of monitoring your debate coming up the Sunday night. This will be your first time to take these guys on, right? That's right. This gonna be It's going to be very fun. I, you know, they may kick me off the debate stage. We'll see. Well, we'll be monitoring. We might have to play some clips next week, all right? All right. Thanks, Candice. Check in with us anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Candice checking in. Hope you'll check out her website. All right. Now is another guy running for governor of his state. This one is the state of Wisconsin, Tim Rantham. Tim, it's been a while since we've talked to you on the air. How you doing, my friend? Yes, it's been a while, and I have missed you, Brandon. I really have. So <laughs> thanks for squeezing me in. Well, you're very welcome. Glad to have you. So uh, that was a good interview. She's going she's gonna to reassert Tenth Amendment, get state rights. She even heard her say, I'm willing to go as far as the people of Georgia want to go. If that means cutting off all federal money, uh, we'll go that way. If that's, I mean, this is, again, we, we got to get serious or we're going to absolutely be enslaved by these, these morons in Washington. I was asked that question, by the way, on Wednesday night, uh, if I would reject federal funds as governor. And I said, absolutely. I think a lot of uh, negative influence comes from the federal government, from education, to health care, and it's causing a lot of our systemic problems in our states right now. So I think it's a really good thing to consider. Now, they'll threaten to hold back um, other fundings or whatever. I don't care. Um, the states created the federal government. The federal government didn't create the states. So we need to take control of those guys because they're out of control. Well, all we're doing is sending our money to Washington from Washington, use our money, bribe us, and then send it back to us. Um, yep. at, at what point can we not only cut off taking their money, but cut off our citizens having to pay in money to the feds when we already know they take our money, bribe us, and send it back to us. Why can't we just say, we're not going to play this game. We'll send a percentage to Washington for FAA, for the interstates, or whatever. But at some point, we're not sending you, uh, we're not, we're we're not going to encourage our citizens to send you all of this money because we're going to keep it, cut out the middleman, and fund our own schools, pave our own roads. I mean, at some point, there's got to be a way to stop this game of sending it to Washington, have them wasting, you know, a, a 95 cents out of every dollar and to send us back a nickel. As always, uh, as you're spot on with that comment, Brandon. I will tell you that what Wisconsin needs is a governor who does not believe in the status quo, who does not accept learned behavior. And so when you have a question like that where you want to address and adjust learn behavior and what we used to do the way we used to do it i'm the perfect person to come in and say let's change it up and let's stop taxing the people so much the way it is wisconsin's in the top 10 in the nation in states 
on how we tax our people overall. I want to be in the bottom 10. So if it's flat tax, if it's eliminating state income tax, it's lowering the sliding scales, if it's not sending money to the federal government to, to lose more, anything and all things I can do to help make Wisconsin better outbind for the people that live here and not for the bureaucrats in, in uh, Washington, D.C. Well, it's not working now. OK, so no, how long how long have we tried this? OK, how long have we tried funding this bureaucracy in Washington? How long have we tried and how long has that not been working? So why would we keep doing this? Particularly, again, we created the federal government. OK, so why are we going to be held hostage by a bunch of people that are outside the law? They're outside the Constitution. They have breached their contract with us. They have they have stained the Constitution. Why are we going to continue doing this? You wouldn't, you wouldn't put up with this with one of your kids. You wouldn't put up with this in a marriage. You wouldn't put up with this from a renter renting one of your properties. Why do we put up, put up with it with these perverts and clowns? Again, another great point, and I'll answer it this way. As governor of Wisconsin, I will team up with the governor of Florida, and I'll team up with the new governor of Arizona, Kerry Lake, and we're going to have a trifecta in this country and we're going to start to take bold action to do exactly these types of things that makes a difference for the people. When you do one state, one becomes two, two becomes four. You compound your efficiency. You have power in numbers. We've got to start influencing our country to be better for itself. And it's going to take a couple of states to stand up. And it can't just be Florida like it is kind of right now. And I'm to the point, too, where we start telling these federal judges, you don't have any jurisdiction. We're a, like she just said, we're a sovereign state. Yep. We are a sovereign state, and we're not going to listen to the federal judges when they start destroying the Constitution. We're not going to listen. We have, another great point. We I mean, they're, not, they're not listening. The liberals aren't listening to the courts. The, the liberals are not listening to the courts, okay? They don't listen to the courts. They, they do all kinds of things against the courts. Um, the Biden, I can't remember what it was, but I was reading not too long ago where the Biden regime just said, we're just going to ignore the court. We're just going to do it anyway. I mean, you've got, you've got, you've got a county in your state that's told the Supreme Court, we're not going to honor the Supreme Court decision either. We're going to ignore that. I mean, the progressives ignore the Supreme Court of your state. They, they ignore the, the federal laws. You know, they, they just apply it when it's to their whim. We're, at least we're being consistent and going back and saying, no, your decisions are against the Constitution, which is our contract. You're violating our contract, and we don't have to comply. If, boy, I tell you what, there's a lot there. You just said a lot. If there's anything I'll say about myself regarding election integrity in this state and for our nation, I think I was instrumental in waking up, we're not talking the woke element here, we're talking waking up. We, we, we had a situation occur in our country and specifically in the state of Wisconsin with regards to our elections. We've had issue, issues since then with our health care and how people are telling us how we're supposed to be and wear masks and social distance and all this jab in the arm stuff. We, are, we have allowed too many people to tell us what to do, how to think and how to feel. We've got to start pushing back and saying, no, enough is enough. And, and so you, you can pick a topic like election integrity or, or health care. We've got to start challenging these people that are so used to telling us what they want us to hear and do and not just go along with it. So that's the, the root cause of a lot of what happens in society. We let them get away with it. We've got to stop. Well, stop. I, I was reporting on uh, this on my news broadcast, the Worldview Report that airs here on Lindell TV. Um, Biden. Uh, let's see, the, the, the administration, they were, 
is somewhere on my so many stories I've added lately. But they were for, they're trying to for they're trying to force doctors. They're trying to force doctors to have to perform. Here we go. Abortions. Here we go. Yep. Biden regime to turn Christian doctors into murderers by forcing them to perform abortions or lose their medical license. All right. What what would, is it with these people? Why are they so intent on squishing people's conscience? Why are they so intent on perverting our children? Why are they so intent on silencing our voices? Why are they so intent in killing? What is it with these people? Well, from a Christian perspective, I'll simply say this. What's got a hold of their heart is definitely satanic and evil. Yes. I don't know if these are evil. Or, or, I don't think these are bad people, but I think what's got a hold of them is bad and evil. That's my answer. I, I can't explain it because you talk about the destruction of our nation. What's good in it for them? Even if they're lining their pockets, if our, if our country falls apart, where are they going to spend it? So I, it doesn't make sense to me. I can't get it. That's why I run for public office, Brandon. I, I know I have it within me to sustain the trials and tribulations that befall public officials. I have the courage. I've proven myself over the last 18 months, specifically even before then, to swim in these shark-infested waters against these currents to do the right thing for the people. And I will continue across the board, if it's elections, if it's medical, if it's pro-life, if it's anything that's against their constitutional rights, I will fight tooth and nail and I will never waver. And that's why I'm running for office to continue my fight to help the people. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're running. You know, maybe one reason they're trying to force doctors to perform abortions is I saw this story today, too. Just put it up before we went on the air at worldviewreport.com. Planned Parenthood stops abortions in Georgia and Alabama because they can't find anyone to kill babies. <clears throat> so maybe one reason why they're going to start forcing doctors to do abortions is because the, 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 the Marxist Democrats, some of their biggest their biggest funding comes from Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood can't make money when doctors won't do abortions. And apparently they can't find anyone who wants to kill babies in Georgia and Alabama. So they got to get business back on track. So, you know, the, the people in Washington in this administration who get so much money from Planned Parenthood are going to force people to carry out murders of babies. I mean, it's only, I mean clearly they've got a problem with their uh, money flow here if you can't find someone to murder babies in Georgia and Alabama. Well, I understand supply and demand, but certainly not when it comes to human life. I think that's atrocious to, to suggest they have to go to those lengths to get more people available to, to kill babies. We need to stop killing babies and get right with the Lord as soon as possible. So... Uh, really disheartening to hear that. By the way, in, in your previous uh, um, section there, the, the gal from Georgia, she made a comment about, what, 70% of her budget is education? Yeah, the governor has 70% of that budget, yeah. I don't think Wisconsin's quite that high, but I will tell you that it's over 50%. That's an interesting point. I'm going to look into that because that's an interesting, um, it's a very interesting point. So in Majority other words, of the what that you as the governor having the power to fund education, you could go in there and stop a lot of this craziness. So if you as the governor find their they're 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 coming to school as dogs and cats and walking around with someone leading them by a leash and cat litter boxes in the bathroom and uh grooming kids through sex ed curriculum that's grooming five and six year olds for self-pleasure and all the other things she was mentioning and again we can't even show the book uh it's perfectly normal on the air uh, again when we do show it in my documentary it's scrambled even though it's it's drawings because it it would be considered obscenity but we can have 10 year olds watching it looking at it reading it so you could have the power, as she's saying, as governor of Georgia, you could have the power as the governor of Wisconsin to actually take some of this funding and say, if this is how you're going to spend it, you won't get any money. And I would. 
And I would without hesitation, without reservation, and, and and that's overdue as well. We have a governor now in our state. They call him the education governor. Uh, all evidence to the contrary. Um, he's bringing in a lot of this poison, and I think it relates back to when he brought in Common Core to our state. He was DPI superintendent for the state at the time, and then Governor Ever, or Governor Doyle rather, and Tony Evers from the DPI. Three point four million dollars they took from the Department of Education from the federal government. Little bribery thing going on here. Now, ball point one one in our statutes was violated back then. So when I get into the seat, I'm going to investigate that because I want to know where that money went, and I want to go uh, hold people accountable for that, and I want to undo what Common Core did in our state. And I think that'll perpetuate back into getting rid of uh, CRT. It'll get rid of Project 1619 and all this other stuff that's been coming down the pipe since Common Core came in in 2010. We're going to get so into lots more. To do there. We're, yeah, we're going to get into more of the election stuff. But uh, there's news tonight out of Tennessee here where I live that the governor has signed legislation that now allows for people to purchase ivermectin over the counter. Uh, you know, as you know, in some states, the, uh, the, the government was getting in between the doctor and the patient and forcing the pharmacist to ask, well, why do you need ivermectin? You know, so if it was for COVID, they were telling them, don't fill it. So you had the pharmacist getting in between the care of the doctor and the patient. Patient. So here in Tennessee, well, we just had legislation passed. Now ivermectin is now an over-the-counter medication. I provided uh, a bill which did not get moved too well in the assembly this past spring, uh, right to try. And ivermectin was the drug that was being requested by the family who had a dying uh, family member in the hospital who ultimately did perish from COVID, but he never had a chance to get ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or anything because they wouldn't allow for it. And so they, they allowed... Uh, an individual to pass away, uh, not just the hospital, but uh, courts were involved. There was some um, judicial activities that occurred, and they, too, turned their back on this individual, and he ended up passing away. So I don't know. you, you got to start thinking about murder along the way here when people allow a, a, a life to pass without lifting a finger. I think there's some sort of accountability that should happen there, too. So uh, a lot going on in the ad arena as well, Brandon. We could talk for hours about uh, medications and pharmacies and, and pharmaceuticals and uh, health care in general. It's a big well, deal. Let's let's go to the election issue. Where are we at in Wisconsin? Uh, we're waiting on a ruling. I think it was April 13th. It was at your Supreme Court about the drop boxes. boxes. When are you expecting that ruling to come from the Supreme Court in Wisconsin? My understanding is they put like a 60 day period of time. They're going to come out with their final ruling in June. So that the, the uh, hearings were held. And the evidence was presented, and I think there's going to be a final decision between April 13th and some, somewhere about early June. So that's what I heard. It's unfortunate it takes 60 days to do the right thing when you have the facts in front of you, but um, it, it, I guess it's going to take a little bit longer, and it's that's the way it works. But uh, other than that, I can tell you that uh, there's a very large event that's happening in Madison starts tomorrow, and it runs into Sunday. It's a two-day deal, and it's all about freedom in general and election integrity and the whole nine yards. There's gonna be some speakers down there. I'll be one of them. And uh, that's going on in Madison. It's gonna be very well uh, attended. They're expecting to shut down blocks around the Capitol up to five blocks radius all the way around the Capitol. So they have room for all the people. It's it's gonna be pretty intense. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'll also tell you that Michael Gableman's office was not shut down on Tuesday, April 26th, like was uh, originally reported that uh, Voss was going to go in and take his equipment and end the, the investigations. And I'm really glad that didn't happen because anything Mike does, anything around uh, Zuckerberg and uh, and, and uh, Michael Spritzer Rubenstein and the monies that were used to bribe the five uh major cities and, and areas in our state. He needs to continue pursuing that. I will also tell you, Brandon, that on March 3rd, excuse me, March 15th, 
two days after my birthday, all of the legislation in Wisconsin that had not been approved on the floor of either the Assembly or the Senate, nor had been signed by the governor, um, died. That included AJR 120. Which is your resolution. Yes, sir. However, however, <laughs> AJR 120 lives on. It's now a resolution number 6309. It is basically the same as AJR 120, except it has an LRB number, Legislative Reference Bureau. And uh, it is positioned now to actually come to the floor if and when we have an, a, an extraordinary session or a special session with the legislature to, to come in and address anything state business-wise. So it's eligible to be pulled to the floor. I made a couple of minor modifications. I took out the word decertification if it did exist anywhere, and I think it did in one place, and I replaced it with the word reclaiming and or nullifying, which gets us closer to what the Constitution allows for, and it takes away the argument of decertification from the people who are reluctant to do the right thing for the people. And the other thing I added was the segment about Michael Gableman's report, which was a majority of my data, by the way, from my 71 slides, but that's fine. Uh, but uh, he had um, expressed uh, the suggestion that we uh, move to uh, look into the activity of reclaiming our ballots. And I added that language too. So that made it new, it made it fresh, and it's a new number. So it's still alive. It's uh, alive and well, actually, and ready to be drawn to the floor for a vote. So I've been working on that too. So I got that ready to go. So when, when could that happen? In your next session? And when does that begin? Well, um, whether people who shouldn't be listening to this or not from uh, inside the leadership ranks who have been obstructing me along the way, as well as Janelle Branch and as well as Michael Gableman, um, you know, there's another uh, possibility where we're going to have a vote uh, just to basically say zero confidence in the 2020 election. So we need something to get us to the floor. And whatever it takes, we'll execute. And if it gets us to the floor, whether this is part of the agenda or not, I can always pull it to the floor and make it happen. So uh, when? Um, I don't know. I'll just sometime this summer, probably, How, you know, maybe what, after June. Tell me what your life is like right now. As you're running for governor, what is your life like right now? Your calendar? What's your calendar look like? Um, the term uh, coming up for air is something I frequently state lately. Uh, and I will tell you that my calendar is full. I travel the state extensively. But I will also tell you that this is what I signed up for. I know that the people need to see me. Uh, I signed up for the job and I'll do whatever it takes to earn it. And in order to earn it, I've got to go everywhere I can. Um, What's the in turnout the past like? When I, well, pardon? What, what are the turnouts like when you go and speak? Uh, what are the crowds like? The great question. And I will humbly tell you that I'm told that when they have events, people turn out more when they know I'm coming. Good. And so the turnouts have been very good, have been very warm, very receptive. And it's um, regular for me to walk into the room. And I, I really, it, it just, it does get me. I, it's not about me, Brandon. It's never been about me. It's about the people and it's about serving the Lord. And, and yet when I walk in the room and everybody starts cheering, it, it's, it's moving to me. It's, it's very emotional. And then I'll do my, my uh, speech and I try to change it up. I don't regurgitate the same template like most of the candidates do. You, you know what they're going to say. I've heard their speeches and it's just canned and it's repetitive and it's actually rather nauseating. I mix it up and I talk about it, all kinds of stuff and I'll, and I'll, Feed, feel the audience and I'll, I'll react accordingly. I get some of my talking points out, but it's never regurgitated. And then I get a standing ovation at the end of it. So I'm, I'm, I've been very well received. I think my polling numbers are climbing. 
Have you I seen know the rolling I, uh, numbers? Have you seen some numbers? Well, there was something that came off the mar market. I'm just only stating that because a staff member said, your stuff is going up. You're, you're getting better response. I started out late. I've only been doing this for nine weeks. The other two main uh, candidates have been doing it for four years. So I do have a little bit of a, a time issue where there's a gap here, but I'm, I'm taking first place in straw polls in many counties in the state, if not first, a very close and strong second. And so I'm very pleased about that. And that's very telling for me because, again, I've only been doing it for nine, ten weeks, and she's been doing it, and they've been doing it for four years. And when is so, the primary? August 9th. Okay, so you've got a really busy summer. I'm guessing you're going to be doing a lot of fairs. and and. Um, yeah. The only thing I won't be doing a lot of is sleeping, probably. So, yeah, everything and anything that's possible to get to to the people. And and the other reason why that's really important, and I'm really serious when I say this, I flip people when I talk. What I mean is they'll come in and they'll go, well, they're not sure about me. They don't know who I am. Maybe they got somebody else in mind. And I heard this last night uh, when we were in Union Grove, uh, excuse me, Wednesday night. Uh, a lady said she came and she said, I was pretty much locked on somebody else. And then I heard you speak, Representative, and gubernatorial candidate Rampton, and she said, you're our guy. You're the one. And so she she turned her vote and she voted for me. So that's why it's important for me to get out and be in person with these people because I, sending literature and mailers and, and all that stuff, it, it's it's not the press in the flesh. It's not looking them in the eye and it's not letting them know that I speak truth and I walk with truth and I walk with the Lord and it, it plays very well for me when I'm out in public. So I'm doing very, very well. And time is on my side as far as this race goes. Things are going to get stronger and better with my campaign every day, and they are. How about so the media? Really are they ignoring you? Are they attacking you? What are they doing? Well, they tried to attack me to backfire on them, so they've been leaving me alone lately. Now they're attacking uh, the individual who thinks she might be uh, the front runner, which is not going to last much longer, even if she is. So they're going after her. So uh, it, it, I guess it, whoever draws the short straw gets attacked, but <clears throat> they got nothing. Excuse me, to attack me on because. I speak truth, so it doesn't it doesn't resonate well when they try to attack me. And then, how's the money going? How's the fundraising going? Well, <clears throat> statewide race, there's probably never enough. So, if the people are looking for an individual to come in and make the desired difference that they seek and that they have sought for years, I'm it. I'm the real deal. I'm the one that will make the difference. In order for me to get there. I got to win in the primary on August 9th, and then I'm going to kick Tony Evers out of the seat on November 8th. In order to all have all that happen, Brandon, to your question, I could use some help. We had a nice push when I first launched so I could take the excuse away from the RPW. I was very um, pleased and humbled by the response of the people, many of them in Wisconsin primarily, but not just in Wisconsin. I had help from all over the nation, and that desire and that need in order to stay in, in lockstep with the other candidates who are my competitors who are getting big money donations, and I'm not yet, um, I, I need some help. So I could use some continuation so of- RanthamforGovernor.com. Yes, sir. Governor.com. Yes, yeah, and you can, and we're going to be renovating that the site as well. We're going to modify our literature. There's going to be lots of changes of by and for the people coming down the pipe. So stay tuned for coming attractions. I'm just getting warmed up here, but um, I could use some help. So please, uh, if you can, donate and help me Get over the finish line, ladies and gentlemen. I would appreciate and be honored by your um, your support. Ranthamforgovernor.com. Okay, as we get ready to wrap here, um, as you travel the state, people come up to you and say, I agree with you on the voter fraud. I agree with you and Mike Lindell. Uh, we got to fix 2020. There was voter fraud. We're being cheated. Or you're crazy. You're nuts. There's no proof. You know, it's all been debunked. What do you hear? The former, 100%.
So everybody, not a lot, not a lot of, not a lot of, not a lot of uh, people poo-pooing what you're standing for, what we're standing no. for, what Mike's standing for. The, the, the detractors are not there. They know it. They know what we're saying is true. The only place I get noise is around Madison and some of my fellow colleagues, my fellow colleagues, even on the Republican side, outside of Madison, the entire state is behind me 100 percent. And I'm not a one uh, issue person. I'm into medical freedom. I'm into pro-life. I'm into um, education, not indoctrination, government accountability, uh, you name it. Uh, fiscal responsibility, flat task, flat, flat tax, eliminating state income tax, re reducing our taxes through a sliding scale. Whatever it takes. Oh, are you, gotta, oh, so you're you're willing to eliminate state income tax altogether in, in Wisconsin? Well, okay. So since you touched on it, uh, my fiscal responsibility element it, it speaks at the issue of Wisconsin being in the top ten in the nation and how we tax. We need to change it. I want to be in the bottom ten. So what does that mean? Well, we've got sliding scale elements we could leverage. We can do a flat tax. We could do elimination of state income tax. We could do all of the above. What I will not do is I will not create a new problem by trying to solve an old one. I'm not going to just move something here. So we have to make sure it's done right for the for the long term and for the scalability factor. Every time you reduce taxes in a state operating budget, you reduce revenues. And if you reduce revenues, you affect other programs. So you can't just say, I'm going to lower taxes so you can get votes from people. You have to have a very definitive plan on how you're going to do that so that you can speak at the residual effect so that you don't create a new problem with other programs. So that's why I need to get this all out on the table, but I'm not going to sit idly by and ignore the taxation element in this state. It's too high. It's been too high for too long. And Rampton for governor and Governor Rampton will fix it when he's in the seat. Because, you know, here in Tennessee, Tennessee, which is a popular state for people to move to, Florida, popular state to move to, we have no state income tax. We have a sales tax. It's nine point something percent. Uh, but we, we, have no, we have no state income tax. We have corporate tax. You know, corporations pay a tax. And that, and that ties with Florida and Texas, right? So you're what, the three states in the nation that don't have any I think, state income tax? Isn't it, uh, wa is it Washington State or Oregon? One of, one of those out one there doesn't more. have. Okay, four, four out of 50, yeah. Whatever works best, it, again, it's going to be an issue for uh, many minds and, and many eyes and many ears to, to develop what's the best way to go about it. But I'll tell you what, not, not touching it is something I can't do. We're taxed too heavy, I'll fix it. Uh, okay, and then final question. Um, well, no, two more questions. One, debates. Do you have any debates coming up? We had one originally scheduled for um, April 19th, which is behind us. But the other candidate said, let's wait till after June so we can know who's actually going to be on the ballot. I, was, I, I, I said back to the guy who was going to set it up and moderate it, why don't we have two? Let's have one on April 19th. And well, we'll why don't you have them come two. on here? Let's, have a, let's invite them to come on Lindell TV and we'll moderate and set a time and keep it professional and just have a... A debate right here. Why not? We can host it. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, they seem rather conditional with the other people trying to set it up. I'm sure they'll be conditional with you. I'm not. You know, bring it on. Don't even give me what the questions are. Let's just, you know, give it a shot. But I, I, I'll, you know what? That's an interesting question. I'll see what I can do to get an answer for you on that. What well, because reality is, I'm not. You know, if we if we were to hold something and we moderated it, I'm not interested in the moderator asking a lot of questions. I think it would be better for the candidates to talk, ask each other questions, debate, have a real debate, and then take questions from the audience by phone. 
That way nobody knows what's coming because we, even the people monitoring and running it wouldn't know what's coming because we just taken them right off the phone. So um, I, you know, that's another, see, you know, Mr. Magnificent, you are truly magnificent. I really love that suggestion. I love when I get in front of people, I'd rather have interactive discussion and dialogue instead of me just giving up, getting up and pontificating a perspective, have it interactive so that I know when they come with a specific issue, they leave better than they arrived. I well, think it's I think a great people idea. get tired of the moderator. I, I, I know the moderator yeah. makes a debate boring. I don't care who it is because no one's ever happy with the moderator. They think someone's playing got you. I think the moderator is just there to say, hey, wait a minute. We're out of time. we got to keep moving or let's go to a call or hey, let them talk. Let them finish. You know, I think there needs to be freewheeling debate. Let them let the candidates debate. Let them mix it up. Let them ask each other questions. Take calls. You know, the moderator just stays out of the way unless there's necessary to get it, obviously, to get it going, to conclude it. And other than that, taking calls and making sure everybody's getting a chance to talk. But, uh, uh, man, I'd love to have uh, that chance to do that right here. So let them know we'll do that. Um I've, I've just invited uh, 17 secretaries of state, 17, no, 14, I think it's 14, 14 secretaries of state candidates to come on uh, at, all at one time. Uh, and we could put them all on at one time and do an event. So we're, 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 we're already kicking that idea around, doing some unique things because our audience is so big, we have the technology to do it. Okay, the other question after the debates was, um, how confident are you that, you won't have this election stolen from you through voter fraud. Ooh. Well, <clears throat> first of all, I'll tell you I'm confident I'm going to win. I'm also going to audit my primary in, in August. I'm going to do a forensic audit on that even election. If you win, even if you win, you'll audit it. Regardless, regardless of the outcome, absolutely. Because we have to have trust in, restored in our elections process. And technically, in this state, nothing much has been done since the steal of November of 2020. So I will make sure that my election is audited regardless of outcome. And I'll do the same thing in November when I win again, regardless of outcome. And uh, that's one, my answer to your question. The other one is we do have an uptick in people participating in the elections process. So I'm, and, and the elimination of drop boxes. I'm hoping for that, that ruling that comes out in June to officially say we're done with the drop boxes really needs to happen because that was the heart of the theft where they use the wistful database and activated inactive or ineligible people and they created uh, bogus or ghost ballots and then they stuffed the boxes with the mules. I can't wait to see 2000 meals. I can't wait to see rig 2020. They're going to be really good expressions of what went on in this state. Um, but that's that's my answer. I, I, I don't have full confidence in any election, even the one we just had on April 5th. We had problems with some stuff. And as you know, complaint for injunctive relief, banning the use of insecure electronic voting machines in Arizona that was filed this last week and we covered it with uh, Carrie Lake and with uh, plaintiff also Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham represent Fincham and, right and I will I will tell you that there's uh, a secondary and a tertiary level to that bill and I'm on the tertiary level as the lead in Wisconsin that's what my attorneys are working on so, so are you telling me are you telling me that your name is going to be on this uh, a complaint yes. for injunction coming to Wisconsin with your name on it yes. as as the plaintiff as the lead plaintiff, yes. Any idea yes. on the drop on that? Any time frame? Um, I have to check with my attorneys. They were working on it, and that was last week already. So it's okay. it's a work in progress. Will you come back and talk about it with us when it's dropped? I absolutely will when it's when it's hard fact. Yes, but I I I'm, I know what you're talking about. I'm aware of that bill, and I'm on on it and doing something in Wisconsin to follow suit. It's a good lead, and it's something that that more states should do. All the swing states minimally should follow that lead.
Absolutely. Ranthamforgovernor.com. Ranthamforgovernor.com. I would did I think I went on and asked you another two questions after I said I had two more, but sorry about that. But that's okay. But here. I gotta tell you, uh, I get flashes when I get donations sent to my page. And I've had a half dozen since you asked me the question about oh, donations. So good. Jeffrey and, and Ronnie and uh, and John were the three names I saw that came in. If you're watching this program right now, I want to personally thank you for taking an action while this program was live. I really appreciate it. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Excellent. Well, keep us posted. Ranthamforgovernor.com. You see it. He needs yeah. your support, folks. And I bet you also need some support with some volunteers knocking on doors, dropping leaflets and all that, and manning booths at some of these county fairs as well. I bet you need volunteers, don't you, Tim? Well, we never uh, run short of uh, resources, whether it's financial or personal. That's true. Shoe, shoe leather is going to be required to help us with continuing to spread the information out again. I've only been doing this for nine weeks. Everybody else has been doing it for four years, so there's a little bit of head start. But we're catching them in some areas. We're passing them in others, and it's going to come together because the Lord's working with us. And Anthony just sent a really nice, generous donation as well. So thank you, Anthony. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say thank you, Governor. I guess i got to get used to saying That's that. okay. That's okay. You can get that part of the horse any day of the week. <laughs> thank you so much, Tim. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a blessed evening. You too. Tim Rantham checking in, Representative Tim Rantham running for governor. Governor Rantham, it just sounds good, doesn't it? All right, well, that's the Lindell Report. Mike is, again, traveling and on business tonight, so we're holding down the fort. And the Worldview Report is about to come up, our nightly news broadcast. It's 30 minutes. It's the world's only conservative nightly worldview broadcast. It takes a team of seven of us to produce that uh, each and every day, about 15 man hours. That's coming up here in just a few minutes. And then... I'll be back with Brennan House live, and tonight I'll be joined by Sheriff Mack. He's a constitutional sheriff, and he runs an organization of constitutional sheriffs. We'll also be joined by Dr. Andy Woods for a Middle East update and quite a few video clips tonight as well. A lot yet to come tonight. Hope you'll tell your friends to tune in to Lindell TV, frankspeech.com, as we're live tonight, and uh, a lot of programming and a lot of information you're not going to hear anywhere else. If you appreciate what we're doing, please go to MyPillow.com. Use that promo code L77. Support Mike Lindell, Lindell TV, uh, his desire and mission of fixing 2020 uh, so that we can have a constitutional republic where we have our representatives that represent us because we actually voted for them fair and square. Also, remember that technology of that paper he was showing earlier this week. Uh, I guess we did make Jimmy Kimmel a couple nights ago, Mike and I, Jimmy asked last year, I still don't, after watching 19 hours of that uh, uh, Freckathon, I still don't know who that guy is next to him. Well, he apparently has fig figured it out, as Mike said, he eventually thought he would, and he actually called me by name the other night. So apparently he is watching enough, he knows the names of not just Mike, but others now, including myself. So he did, he did make fun of Mike and I the other night, but they also showed Mike showing that special expensive paper that can stop the counterfeiting of the ballot. So thank you, Jimmy Kimmel, for helping us get out the word about all that Mike Lindell is doing to save America. You support him, folks, by going to MyPillow.com. Get something for yourself or a friend or those kids graduating from high school or those folks getting married. Be sure to use that promo code L77. For Mike Lindell, I'm Brandon House. Thanks for watching. Take care. You're watching Lindell TV.